Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am thankful for my dog, Remy. As of this recording, I am 75 days sober, and today I'm going to be reflecting on resentment and my experience of dropping a big rock at my most recent convention regarding sobriety. Resentment and I have always had a very close relationship. It was one of the very first coping mechanisms that I learned in my life. I remember being born resentful. My first memories were being pissed off at my parents that they were adopting a brother rather than a sister. I resented them for slighting me on this, and I resented my brother for being born. Resentments came in all forms from then on with my default feelings being either resentful, frustrated, and angry, or anxious and overwhelmed. How might a two and a half year old be so good at resenting people in situations? Well, part of it could easily just be my nature. I had an alcoholic and addict's mind long before I had my first drink, whether I had an addiction for books, for candy, for video games, or even friendships. I never really just liked something. I always loved it deeply with my entire being and would become fixated on it and obsessed. And I never really felt Like my resentments were that unusual because my parents are the king and queen of resentments. They were very vocal about their resentments towards each other in their weekly fights about finances. My father showed even more resentment almost daily when he would throw tantrums when he came home because the house wasn't kept up to his standards by my mother and us. He would get angry and explode because we forgot to empty a garbage can or didn't vacuum up that stray clump of dog hair. And he was very clear in letting us know as children that we were the reasons for all of his anger and resentment that he had in the situation, never admitting that it could be about work or his own issues. My mother was also very vocal in resenting my father because of this consistent verbal abuse, although the concept of doing something about it seemed absurd to her. So growing up in that environment had me so resentful towards my parents that I was determined to one day become a better parent to my future children than they were. I spent my entire life framed around that one day I could prove I was a natural at parenting. I was a serial monogamous through my teens and 20s in hopes of finding a Mr. Wright who I needed to help me get a kid while I was young enough to be a DILF. Uh, When I found the love of my life, we moved out of our cozy apartment in downtown by the city into a larger home because we'd need those extra rooms for the inevitable adoption. And When the opportunity came to adopt a troubled 17-year-old girl, I thought I hit the jackpot in terms of challenges. The idea that I might be biting off more than I could chew never occurred to me. 
It also helped that we began the adoption process right around the holiday season. So getting to know her between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's felt right out of a Hallmark movie. It was clear she'd been through so much and had trouble with people understanding her, but she just showed such eagerness to be part of our family and get that love that she needed. And we were, in my opinion, the answer to all of her problems if we were just able to show her unconditional love. I mean, after all, having a kid was all I ever wanted, so it would come naturally to my husband and I. Now, the phrase biting off more than you can chew reached a new meeting for us almost as soon as she moved into our home after our little getting-to-know-you period of, you know, weekend visits up to her or days down here near our home. She moved in, and overnight the sweet teen who was eager to learn and love was gone, and in her place was a scared little girl whose only love language was acting out causing problems and fighting. We managed to keep it together and give her the benefit of the doubt for that first month. I even stayed completely sober, despite daily dramatic outbursts of defiance. Now, sometime in the second month of adoption, a resentment started to occur, which felt only natural with the emotional, verbal, and physical abuse we were enduring on a daily basis. My bachelor's in psychology, combined with love, was not going to help this sick girl overcome a lifetime of trauma, but I resented myself for being unable to fix her. I resented the foster care system for their misleading us and hiding information that would have caused us to never try and take on this challenge. I resented her new caseworker for not connecting us with enough resources that would be able to help her and provide her the support she needed. My work schedule gave me the flexibility to deal with most of her daily difficulties, but that led me to resenting my husband for leaving it all on me, even though I knew that With his job, he wouldn't be able to handle the daytimes. Most of all, I resented this girl because by then she had turned 18, and I felt like she should have some level of control over her actions. I resented her for the emotional torment. I resented her fits of rage. I resented the sexual situations she sought out, both at school and under our roof. I resented the way she would handle and manipulate the people around her, including us. And I resented the way she blatantly disrespected us and talked to us. By the end of that second month, I resented everyone and everything in my life and saw no way out. Sending her back into the system would be a sign of failure, but keeping her was making me physically and emotionally ill. I felt I had no choice but to revert to drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana. Now, the marijuana came first because it never caused problems like drinking had, so I'd hide it using a vape pen and take puffs here and there to make it through those hard times. The issue with my life at that time was that I lived in so much fear of what she was going to do next that every moment was a hard time. And before I knew it, I was vaping to maintain feeling normal and no longer was finding comfort in it. What was left to do but drink? The remainder of the adoption became a cycle of pain for everyone involved. She resented the world for what it had done to her, and she resented us for trying to fix that. I resented her for all the pain and trauma she was inflicting on us, and even if my husband managed not to resent her, he must have resented me for being baked and wasted by the time he'd get home from work at 5.30. We all resented the company handling the adoption, which became less and less helpful the longer she was in our home, while they still were pressuring us to finalize the adoption. Luckily, we felt that something wasn't entirely in place, so we held that off. And by the time COVID hit, our entire home was a bubble of resentment, as it became clear this wasn't working, but we also had no way out because we were on lockdown. It all boiled to a head over a couple days, 
and ended with her getting Baker acted. We had the decision at that time to bring her back into this environment that had become toxic for all of us or admit that it wasn't working and let her get the help that she needed. While I wasn't ready to admit that I was powerless over alcohol and drugs, the situation had me feeling hopeless and defeated enough that I was able to admit that I was powerless over this adoption. We did the best thing we could at that time, and we let her go. The next day, we spent packing up all our belongings and delivering them back to the foster care system, and my resentment finally found an easy target. It was her fault, and she wasn't here anymore, so I could put all my resentment on her so I could, quote-unquote, move on with the life that I was left with. We did everything right until we couldn't with her, and she rejected it all. She acted out. She verbally abused us. She would fake pregnancies. She would threaten to physically abuse us. She would wake us up in the middle of the night screaming for attention. She would get in trouble daily at school. I hit my limit at the end when she began threatening to sexually assault us. It was all her fault that the adoption didn't work. It was all her fault that she ruined my life's plan I had set out to achieve as a child. She was the one who had destroyed me and left me as a shell of what I once was. And what do you do when your dreams of parenting are twisted into nightmares? To this alcoholic, there was only one answer. Drink more. While I always had a problem with the volume I would drink and how I would act once I was drunk, I never drank daily before that point in my life. From then on, it became a daily occurrence, though. On the days when I couldn't drink because my husband was around or just I had too much going on on my plate, I would become fixated on my next opportunity to have a drink. I truly had an alcoholic's mind, and I wasn't blind to the fact that this all started the moment the adoption turned self, but I felt powerless over stopping this behavior. I felt like I had nothing left but alcohol. Fast forward to 70 days in my sobriety, and I still looked back at that failed adoption as the reason I became an alcoholic. Hearing the young girl's name would send me into a fight-or-flight response because I resented her with my entire being. I was at this conference about sobriety, and out of all the options of a workshop of what to attend next, I was recommended by a friend to check out one called Drop the Rock. I had no idea what it meant, but the other option was going to one about parenting and sobriety, so talk about a higher power pushing me in the right direction. The concept of Drop the Rock comes from a story about a group of 12-step members going boating when one of them almost missed making it onto the boat. As it's told, as she swam over to the boat, she got tangled with strings and seaweed and a rock around her neck. In that moment, she saw the rock as a symbol of her fears, resentments, and other character defects, and she felt free when she tore off the strings and dropped the rock. The Drop the Rock workshop functioned in very much the same way. We spent some time hearing the speakers talk about how each resentment we encounter in our life is metaphorically stored in a backpack as a rock that we carry with us. As we have more resentments or fears, we pick up more rocks and store them, and the bag becomes heavier and heavier, burdening us and making forward momentum impossible. We then started with a piece of paper and wrote down some of our resentments, and only then did I realize how many more I had. The workshop wasn't long enough for me to get them all out on paper, but at the end of the exercise, we wrote the biggest resentment we had on a physical rock. Looking at my list, I felt it was easy to pick out. I resent her and the circumstances surrounding the failed adoption. We then all took the elevator up to the riverfront to throw our rocks into the river, As I remember walking in a crowd across a hotel convention center and out to a river, I was thinking how absurd this was. 
There was no way this would help me get over something so horrendously painful. But what if it did? I had already accepted the fact that I was an alcoholic and that my higher power could restore me to sanity. I only got there through my faith in my 12-step program and the people within it because I wanted what they had. These same people who gave me the gift of my sanity told me to look at my rock and reflect on that resentment, so I did. I pushed all the fear and skepticism that I had about this experience away and reflected on my failed adoption and all the resentments associated with it. Then, as I imagined all those resentments and anger and fear and shame being channeled into that rock, I threw it into the river. I swear as soon as I heard that rock hit the water, a breeze came by that left me feeling lighter. I'm still unsure whether that was an actual breeze or just the feeling that came over me, but I don't care. In that moment, I realized I can't resent a mentally and emotionally ill girl for acting like a mentally and emotionally ill girl. I can't resent the foster care system for misleading us because it wasn't their intent to cause anyone pain. They just didn't know the full story. I can't resent my husband for working an office job during the time of the adoption because we both knew what he had going into it. And I can't resent myself failing an adoption when it was never a pass or fail situation. You can only try and make a square fit into a circle so many times before you admit to yourself that the pieces don't fit. It's not the fault of the circle or the square that one can't be forced through the other. The life that my higher power has planned for me and what they have planned for her are two different plans. We encountered each other in our lives for a short while for a reason. We did the best that we could, and she did the best that she could do. If I could go back and change anything about that adoption attempt, I wouldn't change a thing today. The experience was part of my journey that led me to sobriety, and I love my sober life. Her life has got to be better now because she's getting the help that she requires from professionals licensed to guide her through it all. And my husband was always willing to do whatever it took to make me happy, but having a kid was never part of his plan. Since then, my higher power has guided us to the best dog I've ever met in my life, Remy, and we wouldn't have him if we didn't go through what we went through with her. I'm thankful I had the experience of attempting to adopt a child because if we didn't, I would have spent my entire life wondering what if. However, I no longer consider it a failed adoption. I just consider it an adoption attempt because we attempted it, and ultimately it wasn't meant to work out. Now, I know I am where I'm meant to be, and I've reconnected with my higher power. In dropping my rock, I also dropped the biggest bundle of resentments I had weighing me down, and so I highly recommend if you harbor any resentments, maybe try that exercise of dropping the rock, because if you're anything like me, it might save your life and save your sobriety. Thank you very much for listening to the share. Please rate and review if you've found this story helpful to your experience. If you are interested in sharing your story, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, you can email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they come out every Monday and Thursday. And until next time, stay sober, friends.